Hi everyone. Welcome back to, well, I would say another episode of the Nomad Podcast. But in the many weeks since I released like the last mini-sode or mini-episode, which I guess is still an episode, but terminology aside, it's been a while since I've updated the podcast. So since then we've changed our name and I believe the name change happened closer to uh, the last update for, to the podcast for that mini-sode. And it's been actually a while since the name change actually happened. So I had a recording explaining why I did it. And basically, I talked to a bunch of my BBC or British Chinese friends and had a bunch of conversations that were really meaningful, really intriguing, really just really engaging. So I felt the name change sounded right. Um, it was it must have been a couple of weeks ago since I actually changed it. So this is kind of ancient history at this point. But I think it gets across more immediately what the podcast is about and overall it's just it's just a good positive name good positive change in general is what i meant to say so yeah after those conversations i felt pretty proud to be asian and had this sense of pride that i hadn't really felt before and even with like people have been reaching out to me saying like they enjoyed my podcast which kind of perplexes me a little bit because i was listening re-listening to the first podcast just snippets of it just earlier today just to get myself reacquainted with what I actually said and thinking wow it was a pretty all over the place and it really made me feel like shit and it does get emotional and I got really emotional listening to myself even though it was like my experiences and I've lived it so I'm not sure I don't know maybe maybe listeners don't get as emotional and um feel as feel as like depressed or maybe it's not a much as much of a downer for them than it is for me but for me, me personally it's it's quite a downer so i apologize for anyone who had a day ruined or had the mood tampered with after listening to it um but i'm glad that people have been uh, reaching out to me and uh saying that they liked it or they liked it because it was raw um and it was like because it was my own experiences it adds that like little bit more to it rather than like a podcast that just splits out facts i guess so thanks for uh, all the people who have left feedback so far and then thanks to um people i've had conversations with like extended conversations with about just general uh my experiences and their experiences and i've been learning a lot so i mean that's also kind of the idea of the podcast as well as like we're gonna i'm gonna be learning you're gonna hopefully you're gonna be learning um and then we can hopefully like on this like kind of weird learning journey together which sounds really really lame <laughs> so uh it has been a while i'm sorry for the delay um been reading like instagram posts and articles and just general wikipedia stuff and being engaged with all this kind of heavy cultural racial political fanfare issues just general re- stuff that defines our reality right now and it, lots of it is pretty grim so and draining draining is the word i'd use so um it does mean i have to take extended breaks sometime breaks sometimes um just to kind of like re-energize myself uh also just a little note i hope you liked the intro i've been listening over podcasts where they have intros and it's like professional stuff but i decided just to do something instead of using like some default royalty-free music um i decided to add my own little guitar if at the beginning because it's kind of it's nice and chill today what is today's episode going to be about um i've identified this one (laughs) 
pun actually unintended. I identified today's episode as about identity and kind of exploring that kind of like self-hatred issue I touched upon in the first episode um, and like my experiences with it and how we sh- we need to really make sure our future generations or like the generations now like teenagers growing up now people going through their formative years are aware of this sort of mindset which is just so toxic and so painful and harmful self-harmful for sure so personally where do i identify with and like kind of also feed into the name of the podcast i mean i i ethnically i am chinese probably han chinese because han chinese is like what 90 percent of the population in china or something so I, I i i would be surprised if i wasn't so ethnically i'm han chinese and my nationality is british technically so i have a british passport but i don't really feel a, a strong affinity to either in a way i guess my affinity to Brit- britain and Eng- england and the english like language is pretty much like the english language and then growing up in the english culture i like you know football and the occasional drink and you know chips fish and chips stuff like that but to be honest chinese food is way better than fish and chips <laughs> i've noticed since i've left home my cuisine or my like everyday like meals have become more british in a way in terms of like i'll just eat like pizza or pasta or like tikka masala or curry or like random ready meals lasagna is a big one i very very rarely now eat rice whereas at home i'd always eat rice um bit of a tangent but like i i I maybe have this meal which is like green beans and pork mince and tofu with um dark soy sauce garlic and some five spice no ginger though oh my god there's so much ginger in Sichuanese cuisine it's insane and I've never really liked it growing up um I like the flavor of course but I don't like eating it it's itself because it's just it's not a nice taste it's very strong so tangent sorry I guess there is that side of me where obviously I'm using English most of the day I'm pretty much every day most of the day um and then when I'm actually using Mandarin to communicate it's normally with my family so and even then it's like half broken mandarin english where i insert english words in in for terms i don't know in mandarin so it's very much a case of english is kind of the dominant language and then britain is kind of like the dominant like culture i grew up with but let's say like if we talk about patriotism about the united kingdom or britain i really don't have an affinity towards the country itself um i think when i was younger when you had the golden generation of english english football so you had like gerard and lampard and skulls and rooney in like the noise and when the world cup i remember the world cup 2002 in brazil i don't think rooney was around then but like owen and stuff i I would be like rooting for the english football team like yeah let's go and then obviously just becoming dismayed every time we lost but Obviously, that wasn't the main factor in me thinking, oh, I don't really, I don't really care about Team GB at the Olympics anymore. Just, I think it was just a general case of the abuse and the racial abuse that kind of like stacked on top of one of each other. And me just thinking, it's a bit, it's a very simplistic and probably childish view just for me to think that, oh, 
one British guy or this guy, English guy says shit to me and I'm just not, I'm just going to hate the whole country. I mean, it's, it's not hate. It's more, more a case of, you know, less love, I guess, for it. Um, and then on the flip side for that, I've been to China maybe three times um, in my life. I think one of those I was five, so I wouldn't have remembered anything anyway. So there are a few things. I'm I'm almost like when I last two times went to China, I must have been like, or maybe three. But the the first time after going when I was five was when I was fifteen, um, which I mentioned in the first episode about you know the plane incident which happened on the way back. And then I believe I've been twice after that, or maybe just one time, but either way. I'd like to go back, but, you know, with everything that's going on right now, it's kind of a matter of when and how. So the times I've been to China that I remember, obviously I'm kind of almost going as a foreigner in a way because of the way that I've grown up in Britain and around British culture. So I'm almost going, like, through the eyes of a foreigner in a way, but... Also, I have family, so they don't really treat me like that, I guess. Maybe maybe in certain aspects. Um, so there are things I'm looking at in terms of Chinese culture. I'm just like, I like this, but I don't like that. So there are a few things I like, uh, especially the food. The food is amazing, um, or depending on what type of food, because I can't really eat some of the really, like, some, some of the meat is, I don't know, interesting. Um, and we're not going to make like obvious wet market jokes here because that's crazy. Um, we could talk about that some other time in terms of this whole COVID thing. I have an episode planned for that. So hygiene wise, not fantastic, um, but most of the food is really nice. Um, and then like gathering around as like a big family around like these, you know, circular tables, um, like the Chinese food culture is awesome. Chinese tea is awesome interesting technology when i went in 2010 i think so 2008 was the beijing olympics right technology then was like pretty cool and then when i went after maybe like a five years later my, my cousin was caught talking about like yeah you can just go out with your phone and you can pay with your phone and it did take the west a couple of years to catch up especially in the uk to catch up with like you know contactless payments on your phone with nfc so at that time china was kind of ahead um, so that was kind of cool, and then obviously there's things I don't like, such like such as I'm um, not going to get into politics, but such as like pol- pollution um, is still a little bit of a problem. I don't think it's bad as bad now, but in 2010 when we went to Beijing, you can really tell there was something in the air, and it was kind of weird and it kind of like tickled my throat. So I think I've gone along about gone on enough about this. I think I think the general gist of it is I I come. I've experienced in one camp and experienced in the other, but I'm not firmly two feet both in either. So that makes me somewhere in the middle. And then it's almost, from a negative point of view, I guess it's almost me going in my head going, I wish I kind of belonged to one group. Like had this full sense of belonging to one group, which um, you don't really get if you are born and grow up in, let's say, your native country, I guess. So if your ethnicity matches your nationality. Um, and then, so I feel like it, when you have diaspora kids growing up in a different country, and then when you have like mixed race kids as well, you obviously have this these complications to what your cultural ethnic identity is, which 
rolls around to like the name of Asian Nomad, the podcast. And then I have a point here saying that, oh, so this basically means I have a point here saying, I know that the fragility of racial abuse, whatever that means, I guess the, the fragility of being abused racially and then that, that destroying a sense of belonging, it's not sustainable. So I guess what I was trying to say here is when I, when I was talking about um, being abused and then having a little bit less love for the country you grew up in, in this case, Britain. In my opinion, I think now that I've got to, gotten to this age, I find it strange. I already mentioned that when you're born, you don't get to choose your skin colour, your ethnicity or your gender or your sexuality, etc. But then also, you also don't get to choose where you're born. So I find the idea of being patriotic a little bit strange because you're going like my country is better than yours because I happen to be born here so in that sense it's weird I remember I think when the 2012 Olympics was on in London and there was this Facebook post or whatever I don't know whose it was but there was a um interesting fellow I knew at college who was a, a, a he was he proclaimed to be an anarchist which was an interesting interesting concept because I think most people didn't take him seriously and I I kind of wish I'd quizzed him more about it but I, when I did quiz him about it he seemed pretty switched on to the idea in terms of I'm like Anakin doesn't work though and he's like oh, that's because it works in small groups I'm like okay so you're saying if it works in big group it doesn't work in big groups because it's not sustainable anyway less about the anarchy but he was it, there was this post was saying like they were really proud of team gb because they're doing really well in the olympics and his post was saying countries don't matter you know just because you're born somewhere that was the, the gist of comment was saying just because you're born somewhere doesn't mean the people in this part of the earth are suddenly better than this part of the people in the other part of the earth so it was an interesting one back to my original point <laughs> as I riff on again, um, yeah, I think, I think there's a combination of racial abuse, and then also this feeds into, I had this horrible period, um, maybe in my second year of uni, where I don't know why, it must have been set off by something, but I was getting really paranoid, and I don't want to feel like this ever again, um, though, corona i mean though like the covid19 pandemic has almost brought back memories of that and almost brought like a mild form of this like paranoia where i'm walking outside and i'm looking at all these people and i'm thinking is this person a racist i'm trying to like judge from their appearance if whether they're a racist or not so in that in many ways that feels like i'm like i'm like thinking about stereotypes and i'm i'm like being a victim of this stereotype game where i'm trying to see if would this person be a racist in a way stereotypes are kind of true and in a way you can kind of like tell when someone's up to no good or whether this person who is obviously not super educated or not super well off and they're they're, they're let's say if they're drunk or something then you can you, you know you know to stay away i guess that's like a sort of like human instinct human instinctual like thing to stay away from danger or stay away from conflict 
But um, this was like another level where I was literally analyzing every single person on the street when I was walking down the street, every single stranger I didn't know and think, thinking they could racially abuse me at any point and then that feeding back into my paranoia um, and that really wasn't healthy. So I actually went to see a counselor about this, but she had nothing, she couldn't help me. Um, so um, she was white. Um, so I don't think she knew how to help me. Uh, she wanted to try. So that was a little bit disappointing, but understandable. And I'm not sure how I got over it. I think I just kind of stopped. It just kind of stopped after a while. But it was a really bad time because if I'm going around analyzing people and taking them to taking them as face value, it almost feels like a kind of like the same mindset of people who would take me for face value and then abuse me for what is face value abused me for my appearance, my ethnicity and the color of my skin. So it was a very strange feeling. Um, and obviously I'm still having trouble describing that kind of feeling. So back to the original point of, I know that fragility of racial abuse destroying a sense of belonging is not sustainable. I think there is, after that experience, I think that, I'm more aware and more aware of like a dangerous slide of me going into this kind of like hateful mindset of thinking I hate this certain group of people because of what one individual said or did to me. And I think as as people we tend, that's very simplistic and it's like the easiest way to think or it's the easiest way to react to a certain situation. Um, and it's kind of totally understandable but if we're going to make any headway in understanding each other and like progressing in terms of multiracial societies or multi-ethnic societies or in just terms of relations with other countries, other people from other countries or just like foreign relations in general, I think um, you have to get out of this mindset of stereotyping people and then also blaming a whole group of people for what certain individuals do case in point and examples when you have the radical um radical terrorists radical terrorists who happen to practice islam and then you then the media is very quick to paint you know islam or people practice islam as as you know that type of person which obviously isn't true um and then currently where people try the media and then people and then idiots like the annoying orange in the white house try and like paint every chinese person or chinese diaspora person so every asian american and then every like and then that that adds on the extra effect of british born chinese or even british east asians or just just like anyone who looks chinese is now painted as this person of like oh you're diseased and you probably have COVID, even though it's nonsensical because COVID doesn't discriminate who gets it. Let's move on. So, um, self-hatred is really 
horrible and I think it's kind of difficult to identify it unless someone else tells you about it, like someone externally tells you. Because I don't think I knew about it when I was going through it as a teenager and thinking about, you know, oh, heard this myth or this story about some Indian kid who sat in a bathtub of bleach. Um, and then me thinking, could I do that? And think about all these crazy ways I could fit in and just be white skin so I would never have to experience racial abuse again, never have to feel different, never have to um, go through this like moment which I had where I was, you know, hanging out with my friends or something and then I look at myself in the mirror and realize I'm not one of them in a way. I don't look the same as they do, which, which in my head, which has been taught self-hate and self-racism in my head that's not acceptable so this is like the complete opposite of being proud of who you are or at least being content with who you are so i think it's very difficult to identify it um i think an easy way to identify it though is i think talk about this topic i really want to talk about this topic just to help the next generation or younger generations just realize that self-hatred or jokes to fit in that come at your expense that come at the expense of your culture or your race or the color of your skin are are bad they're in the long term they're so harmful so i remember seeing this tiktok which i hate tiktok but we can get to that and we can talk about that some other time but it was this tiktok um and you know it's mainly teenagers and like preteens who use it but it was this tiktok of just like chinese kid he, he, he was obviously in america or britain or something i think it was britain um and basically the the gist the gist of the tiktok video was like this joke that ah i have a small penis which is just like why do this to yourself well i know why you want to make a funny joke for clout and then for you know that temporary feeling of everyone's laughing with me slash at me but at least i'm you know having a positive influence so like you you get these positive feelings because you're you've, you've made a joke and everyone laughed so you feel good right but at, but in the long term it's it means people see you as you know as less of a person almost, it means that you respect you less. So I mean, if you can't respect yourself, why why should other people respect yourself? So I'm looking at this video just going like, dude, why? Because I've been there, man. I've not made that particular joke, but I've made jokes at my expense, at the expense of my race, at the expense of my family, at the expense of, you know, every East Asian diaspora person in the West. It's, that's, at, that's at the expense of it so it's like you're not helping yourself and you're not helping your wider community either so I remember um, I had a friend tell me or get really angry with me when I was doing these jokes actually I think maybe this was the trigger that set off the um, reduction and the awareness of my self-hatred she said to me why, why are you making those jokes when we can't which I'm not sure about what the purpose or the intent was 
I, I don't think she wanted to make those jokes, but I think she was just pointing out the fact that they were stupid jokes and racist jokes, but they were self-racist. So in my head, I almost thought that was acceptable. I think, I think when you do like self-racist jokes, you basically just, but just by making the joke, you, you remind people that that kind of joke exists. Um, and by reminding people it exists, you give the joke power, you give that sort of racism power, right? So just don't make the jokes. Like if other people aren't making the jokes and then some, for some reason you do just to like fit in or this is how you think socializing works, um, then you're the one giving it the power even though you would rather, you wouldn't want to hear it from anyone else. But that's kind of like the kind of spiral, the kind of like situation you'll find yourself in where, I mean, you, when I say you, I guess I'm talking about me, where I would find myself in a situation where I've taken all this abuse and now it's like inside my head. I think I touched upon this in the last episode. It's in my, inside my head now. So I'm thinking about all these horrible things that people might say to me and then it stops me from doing things, stops me from doing YouTube or making music or doing anything creative or putting myself out there because I'm utterly scared of these insults that I've already thought about in my head. But as soon as someone else says them, it has more power for some reason. But if I say them to myself, I'm already in this like negative feedback loop, right? And I'm kind of used to it. But if someone else says it, then I would be out of this comfort zone almost, you know, this kind of depressed, dep depressive comfort zone where, you know, where some people, you, you've ever heard of people who they get sad and they get depressed, but then they're depressed for so long, being happy feels weird. So they kind of want to go back to like that, that comfort zone of just being depressed, which is, really horrible so this is almost that i think it would be the same kind of thing so my next point i want to move on to is that i found that um when i've listened to these other podcasts especially uh but where are you from um i think viv talks about and then i think generally other podcasts i don't have examples but she definitely talks about um i'd like to find out about like my culture a little bit more but it seems that that happens after high school. And definitely for me, I think after high school, you feel more proud or you feel more interested in like your you know, parents' culture or your heritage, etc. So you're not your not the culture that you've grown up with, but rather the the culture that racists will associate you with anyway. So I think after I think that comes down to just high school just being a very toxic place where you have to feel like you need to, I don't know, fit in and there are people who are always judging you and you have all these like emotions and hormones going off and all this drama, I guess. Uh, it might not be the same for everyone, but it just seems like, you know, high school is a very formative time. And when you get that sort of racial abuse during a formative time, it, it can be very, very damaging. I actually have a little quote here from, uh, a Wikipedia article. So 
it's from I can't say this word. Acculturation. It's from the acculturation article on Wikipedia. So for those who don't know, and I didn't know this before either, but acculturation, or the definition of it from the Wikipedia page is uh, acculturation is a process of social, psychological and cultural change that stems from the balancing of two cultures while adapting to the prevailing culture of the society. So everyone, you know, all East Asian. So that means I've gone through it. And I'm still probably going through it. And East Asian diaspora, everyone in Britain, all you BBCs and all you, you know, British, Japanese, British, Koreans, any any minority in this country will have gone through some sort of acculturation. And then that leads me on to the acculturation gap, which is the changing set of values, culture between a child and parent or guardian. So this gap is usually revealed after a family immigrates from one country to another and assimilates into a culture. There's a lot of interesting stuff on this particular topic and it's all on Wikipedia and I'll leave some links, um, but you can just have a quick search for these and you should be able to find them pretty easily. So yeah, it's, 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 it's these kind of terms that are like, you, you knew they were there, but you never really had a term or word for it. So they're in here and you can read about them and you can learn about them. And I think it's just, eye-opening in a way because you you've experienced these like feelings and these phenomenons but you've never had a label for it and I think it's a bit it's quite comforting to know that there are other people going through the exact same thing um which is acculturation the acculturation gap so back to the quote and it quotes about men the quote is about mental health problems uh and it says, after the events of September the 11th, 2001, since Muslim Arab Americans have faced ex- increased prejudice and discrimination, leaving this religious ethnic community with an increased risk of acculturative stress. Research focusing on the adolescent Muslim Arab American experience of acculturation has also found that youth who experience acculturative stress horrible word it's it's horrible because i can't pronounce it very well um during the identity formation process are at higher risk of low self-esteem anxiety and depression so i think there's a lot to say in terms of when you become an adult you've almost kind of formed your identity right you've kind of almost accepted for better or worse who you are um but during like your formative years if you get that sort of abuse you're more susceptible to you know abuse from outside um really questioning who you are and really question your self-identity to describe this to someone who might not have had this experience i think let's say you're a foreigner you're like you've moved to a different country, say you've gone from Britain to Canada or like America to Britain in that sort of way. People have, you know, certain stereotypes or certain certain perceptions of you and that is almost akin to that sort of racial abuse, that sort of bullying where you, where someone is really making question, making you, really making you question your self-worth in a way, or say that you have ginger hair and people are taking the piss out of you because you literally have ginger hair because for some reason that is worth taking the piss out of. I think, obviously, there aren't that many gingers around, so maybe that's something that is weird and it stands out and 
maybe because of strength in numbers and there's not that many around it seems to be some sort of attribute that has has like passed down as this weird bullying trait i don't i don't really want to you know i can't really explain it but let's say you're being bullied for your height which is something you can't control really stuff that you can't control and you get made fun of um i think it is human nature for bullies and people who would do who would bully to find differences and then poke fun at them and you know rather than celebrate differences highlight them and um really make you feel bad about them really alienate people and discriminate people on these differences so i think that's kind of the best way i could put it into words in terms of trying to get you to understand racial discrimination it's it's an aspect of yourself you can't control and you're being well made fun of and also being devalued for this aspect you can't control even though you know it has enough to do with who you may be and you know they devalue it devalue you for it but you know it has value and you you have to kind of like reinforce that idea in your mind and and around in your community and in your family and people who might have the same characteristics you know people who also understand your pain that you should get together and reinforce the idea that that has value and that you shouldn't be ashamed of this certain you know your certain race or your certain ethnicity certain color of your skin certain culture traditions that people might make fun of that seem weird to some or your height you know or your sexuality or i don't know the color of your hair for some because for some reason that is worth you know people take the time to make fun of that for some reason it makes weirdly no sense i think probably because of that south park episode you know the one where they say like gingers have no souls which are probably wasn't very helpful for redheads if you understand the frustration that comes with these sort of mindless and really ridiculous bullying acts then you're you're almost halfway there to understanding what racism can do during your formative years during bullying actually yeah not just racism but during bullying generally any kind of abuse during your formative years during this year period during this period where you go to high school and high school is notorious for being horribly you know toxic and full of abuse and just a hard time for a lot of people you can never underestimate the impact that has on you especially during later in your life so i'm not surprised at this at all um low self-esteem yeah (laughs) anxiety a few times depression a few times so yeah um and then to top it all off because it seems like a lot it seems like this happens in other podcasts as well i've listened to where you you you're growing up with all this crap but you don't have anything online or you feel like you're alone in this if especially if you don't live within like a chinese community and you live you know in a suburb or something um you don't have like that sort of support system then it become very become very damaging so yeah i think as you get older 
that sort of judgment and that sort of fear or like that sort of probability or the chance of racial abuse is kind of you can kind of control it because you don't have to go to school every day anymore right you can just you can you go to work which is you know i guess more professional but microaggressions still happen there um but it's less you know it's less in your face so i want to go on to this video i found which is a speech by malcolm x i'll link it somewhere or something i was thinking of just playing this in the podcast but i'm not sure about copyright laws or whatever but i can just read out his little speech little sorry not little at all i don't mean that in like it meant nothing it means a lot and basically he says so the only way we are going to get some of this oppression and exploitation is to come together against a common enemy who taught you to hate the texture of your hair who taught you to hate the color of your skin to such extent that you bleach to get like the white man who taught you to hate the shape of your nose and the shape of your lips who taught you to hate yourself from the top of your head to the soles of your feet? Who taught you to hate your own kind? Who taught you to hate the race that you belong to so much so that you don't want to be around each other? This is, it just resonates with me so, so hard. <laughs> because one, what, the first time I found this video, I was so shocked to, 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 to find out that these sort of like self-hate issues that are present in um chinese diaspora communities asian american communities east asian diaspora communities i think with i think i think it's applicable to most minorities to be honest ethnic minorities seeing people around you that don't look like you and then punishing you for attributes you you could never control I get it. I totally get it when it says who taught you to... Obviously, some of these are not as applicable for me, I'd say. And the, the oppression and exploitation that they faced, you know, is just beyond what I can imagine and beyond, you know, 10 times whatever, N times factor worse than what I've experienced. And I feel like what I've, exper what I've experienced personally has been horrible enough. I can't imagine the kind of, you know, the the bravery and the the pain and the the bravery of these people to you know march for civil rights and to make that happen, and then the pain and the abuse and the fear that they must have gone through in nineteen sixties, nineteen fifties, and before America. And I mean, even today, there's, you know, it's not really solved, but at least it's not segregation no one's pouring drinks and food on my on my head when i'm sitting with um black people in a diner i'm not being abused for i'm not i'm not a little i'm not a small black child going to a previously only white only school i'm not being abused and being stared at by every single person at school uh, you know what i mean the 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 the, tr the hardships and the abuse that they faced back then was insane and i have to say that malcolm x and martin luther king and the civil rights movement are just was just so important for every minority in the world anyway tangent so yeah who taught you to hate the shape hate the shape of your nose the shape of your lips the texture of your hair the color of your skin hate yourself from the top of your head to the soles of your feet it's 
crazy. And, you know, you, I don't know if, if you're white or if you're not a ethnic minority. Um, I, I don't know how easy it is for you to identify that with ethnic minorities, etc. Um, but as an ethnic minority, I've seen this behavior and I've seen these kind of like people online who seem to hate their own kind, hate their own race, hate themselves. And it's, I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Um, there's more to this speech. Uh, there's a, there's a article on what on his speech full speech um the video just shows parts of it but he also goes on malcolm x malcolm x also says um talk about a situation one of them who was being taken to jail in a police car as the ambulance sirens were coming to the place one of them one of the policemen said to the other what are the ambulances rushing for nothing but some n-words so he looked then and saw the muslim brothers sitting beside him and he shut up but after he got to jail, the same officer that said this turned to the brother and said, I hope that you didn't get offended by what I said back there under the heat of emotion. <laughs> oh my God. Because some of my best friends are coloured. And then roaring. I assume that's the audience roaring. That's what he said. That's his password. Some of my best friends are coloured. It's amazing that this sort of excuse, this sort of deflecting is still being used today. It... it it's this, you know, this sort of like, I'm not a racist. My best friend is black. I'm not a racist. My best friend is Asian. Oh, my Asian friend said you could use this particular offensive term. So it's okay. No, no, it's, it's, it's just not okay. You can't use these sort of excuses. It's, it's insane. It's just crazy. Like every, every, I don't even want to get into it. You should, it just should be common sense that this is not a valid excuse any, anywhere. And it's, I find it mental that this still, still happens today. So then he also goes on to say, and I, for one, as a Muslim, believe that the white man is intelligent enough. If he were to, if he were made to realize how black people really feel and how fed up we are without that whole compromising sweet talk, why you're the one that make it hard for yourself. The white man believes you when you go to him with that old sweet talk because you've been sweet talking him ever since he brought you here. Stop sweet talking him. Tell him how you feel. So I think this this passage is just basically, it seems, and I'm not very educated on the black civil rights movement apart from the very basics, but it seems that they were, well, they were obviously, and I, 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 I understand exhibiting subordinate behavior because of the way they were made to feel they were treated as second-class citizens so this is malcolm x saying tell him how you feel stop sweet talking him and you've seen that in movies right where you you have let's say example the black janitor trying to sweet talk the quote-unquote superior white man stop sweet talking him tell him how you feel and i think what i want to draw from this is Chinese diaspora, East Asian diaspora, we don't say shit. <laughs> I think my parents, for one thing, would always say turn the other cheek and don't make a fuss. And I think that also builds into a lot of things like the modern minority myth and just general politeness of 
practicing politeness and being taught politeness as as a Chinese family or a Japanese family, or East Asian family, etc. So I feel like we're a little bit averse to conflict and we just don't say shit when we get abused and we don't speak out. Another example I gave in my first episode where that 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 drunk dude said ni hao to me in the street and mocking me basically and I was just like fuck off and he was surprised to hear me retaliate. This is what we need to start doing. Obviously, you want to choose your battles. If the guy has a knife, maybe don't agitate him. But, you know, if, if you can maybe get through to them, if they're a friend or something and they've said something, you want to explain further, then go ahead. But if they're a stranger, you, the most you want to do is at least retaliate of some, of some sort. Maybe not fuck off like I did. Just maybe, maybe something like, you can't say that. Or don't say that. That's offensive. Something. Oh, something is better than nothing in my opinion. So, gone through a bunch of stuff, a bunch of notes about identity. The bottom line is, if, you, if you've seen people who like exhibit this sort of behavior where they make jokes at the expense of themselves, um, and not even racially, I, I've known people who have been like, they were always known as like the butt of, butt of the jokes in a certain group or something. And this example is, um, with someone that I used to know, he was the butt of the jokes f- in a certain group, and he'd always just take it, and he'd always like encourage it almost. Like I mean, if you're taking it without retaliating, you are basically encouraging it. So he'd encourage, they'd he'd encourage it, he'd take it, and then apparently he ran into some mental health problems, and that meant he had to stay back a year. But once all his friends had gone and like moved on and weren't there to, you know keep him as the butt of the jokes he actually did really well academically so yeah don't take shit lying down if you have any self-respect and i know it's difficult to have self-respect when you've been abused not just racially abused and your ego is so destroyed and your sense of self-worth and your sense of identity is so destroyed but you don't make it better by making those jokes yourself. You don't make it better by hating yourself. You don't make it better by saying, I wish I could change this thing about me that I can never change. I mean, and if you did, if you did, if I did, for example, sit in a bath of bleach or try and whiten my skin, I definitely, I definitely know I would have regretted it. I definitely know I would have looked strange and weird and it would just be tragic. I, I would hope and assume it would be tragic for everyone. Everyone would see it as a tragic situation. So if you know anyone who exhibits th- these behaviors and if if you're one of these people yourself, then I have to I, I have to you know just please for the love of God make make yourself or make them aware of it because it's it's not if we as a community in terms of East Asian diaspora or Chinese diaspora or just general, general, you know, East Asians living in the West. If we want to like be a community and like hold, like, let's say, quote unquote, a united front against racism and the media scapegoating and like smear tactics, then we have to, you know, get our own house in order, so to say. And it's so important for younger generations to kind of notice because I think 
doing this during your formative years i'm not sure i don't know i'm not i don't know any examples of people who have not recovered from it but it's it's just not a good mindset to be in um and i've been there obviously so and i think there are parts of that mindset maybe still left over but i at least know that they're there and at least i can at least identify them when when stupid thoughts appear i mean if i wanted to give uh, a more recent example more recent than what happened when i was a teenager um back at uni again i'd say obviously there was a there are a lot of international students from china and you know surrounding areas in asia in east asia in the uk and i think there was a part of me who which was like there are so many of them man and they're so rich and they kind of like reinforce this kind of like not even a model my well maybe the model minority stereotype but also kind of reinforce this stereotype that all asians are rich because you know if you're an international student and you come over you have to have money to pay those tuition fees so in my head i was almost thinking like damn it stop <laughs> stop this um because i don't want to be seen as this kind of like person who can't understand or communicate well in english stereotypically and also someone who has lots of money because that's not me and obviously that is that's nothing it's not their fault it's it's no it's it's a personal problem it's a it's a bad way of thinking and i recognize that now it was a bad mindset and i think that also feeds into you know division with in ourselves and i feel i feel quite ashamed to admit it but those were thoughts I had. It was like, oh, I've, I've grown up here and, you know, you don't know about the hardships I've faced, blah, 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 etc. And it's, you know, it's almost, I'm almost getting into the mindset of someone who's like, oh, go back to your own country. I, I was born here. I have the right, you know, you have no right being here. That sort of thing. That's almost dangerously me becoming what I hate, but unironically. And like, I think there are a few examples of people who um went like uh i think uh she's 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 definitely asian but there's this i don't know what she is an american personality called teal tequila who is also a a neo-nazi and a white supremacist um i mean we can get we can dig into that one more but i really don't want to and it's going to be a whole new kind of worms but like to get to that sort of mindset there must have been some self-hate in there there must have been some sort of you know that negative mindset to get to that sort of point of becoming a white supremacist when you're not white uh, i find that crazy but i can also understand almost how they got there so this was totally totally lighthearted and totally just a great light-hearted podcast that you can just listen to along in the car and just have a good time and feel good about the world one day maybe i'll do something light-hearted and not horrible and not just exhausting emotionally and mentally but this is not one of those i'm very sorry if you thought i talked shit at any point in the podcast please let me know just just send me a message 
Um, or yeah, just follow our Instagram, which is what is it? What what's the tag? Um, quickly get it up, Johnny. I don't have an assistant called Johnny. It's just someone I just made up. Asian Nomad Cast, all one word. Um, please message me on Instagram there and tell me I talked shit at one point and tell me why you thought I talked shit and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I did. Or I'll be like, no. <laughs> you know, we can have a conversation and obviously I won't just be like, no. I'll just be like, no, because X, Y, Z. Um, and yeah, tell me what you think about the content I'm putting out. Tell me if it resonated with you. Tell me if it was helpful. Tell me if it was horrible and you never want to hear my voice again because I just talk about depression shit. Um, let me know. Let me know what I could improve on as well. I think I have not got any sort of structure down at all because I just riffed again for up to 40 minutes or something, but at least it's shorter than last time. These sort of topics can never be covered within an hour, in my opinion. If, if I think for me to really understand everything that's going on and for everyone to understand what's everything that's going on, you just I think it just takes time and effort to learn about all this stuff and and then also like hear experiences I guess hear first hand accounts of how all this stuff is so you know so important but most people wouldn't know about it anyway thank you for listening to this episode Thank you if you thank you thank thanks to you if you listen to the last one and maybe the minisode which was kind of I don't know I don't don't know whether it was worth listening to. Um, I just want to give a shout out as well though at the very end of this podcast even though I probably should have done it at the beginning but I've listened to Yellow Bee Pod, who is um, Natalie's podcast is basically the exact opposite of mine at this moment because she has all this crazy good experience and all these this crazy good structure to her like podcasts and her episodes and she even has like these seasons going on like some sort of you know pro pro tv show or 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 like esport or like you know game um but very much admire the work she's doing um the last one i listened to was her coronavirus episode which was i think episode four or something which was just so good in terms of some of her personal experiences and then other experiences that she's got from someone she contacted who did a survey about coronavirus related racism. Um, I think I'll talk, talk about that topic next time, but please check out our podcast. Um, just r- really good content to be honest. I think this is kind of like, it's kind of like the level I aspire to, but um, yeah, if, if you don't want to listen to my amateur shit, at least listen to her stuff. Um, thanks very much for listening. I'm going to stop talking because I've talked enough already. Goodbye. Oh, and have a great day and all rest of your day or rest of your night. Yeah. Closing. I I don't have a closer. Yeah, closer. Insert closer here. Goodbye.